0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Air It Out podcast. I am your host, Ryan Gosker. On the phone with me is my guest for this episode and future co-host, Jolan Bioqua. You can call me the goose. Jolan, what's going on, my friend?
1: What's going on? What's going on? Glad to be here. Glad to talk about this.
0: Absolutely. And welcome in, again, as I mentioned, to the Air It Out podcast. Now, this is not just a football podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You can air out all your opinions. That's it in air it out uh, is up to your discretion. But for this episode, we are going to stick to a full first round mock draft one through 32. And here's the rules. Each me and Jolan will get one trade. Each trades are so difficult to predict. There could be eight trades on draft night, but for this podcast, we will take one trade in our first round. You will hear us announce it when that pick arises and later in the show, we're gonna have a we're gonna have our first two-minute drill to end the show, and, and we're gonna talk about the best and, and worst picks of the first round. So, Jolan, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to get rolling here. How about you?
1: Let's rock and roll. Let's do this, dudes. way all year some football, we're back here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know everybody desperately needs it at a time like this. So let's get going. Let's go. The first overall pick I don't think this is Going to be There's not too much Discussion Cincinnati Bengals Have to take Joe Burrow LSU had the best College season Ever um, You could say You know that's Inflated due to Statistics and everything But it, it, The facts are the facts He had the best College regular season Ever um, And postseason So it's a slam dunk Right? Um 100% Ohio kid
1: Going back home uh, it, it all works Obviously Joe Burrow consensus number one And if Tua was healthy You know he'd be up there But he's not Perfect season last year
0: for Joe Burrow. works out. Yeah, not, not a lot of debate there. And I don't think there's a lot of debate here at number two with the Washington Redskins. It's Chase Young. Listen, there's been a lot of talk about this this pick being traded um, and, and maybe teams trying to come get Tua. I think Washington's going to stay right there. And with their new head coach, Ron Rivera, they're going to take Chase Young because reports are that he has better potential than both Bosa brothers. And we saw Nick Bosa play in the Super Bowl last year and be a huge, huge factor in that Niners team. So this is a slam dunk too, right?
1: I mean, 100% Chase Young. I don't think he's going to be better than Nick or Joey. I think they came out a little more polished. He's a little more well. But I think when it comes to Chase Young, if you pass on him, you're going to be regretting this decision for a really long time. I wish the Giants had lost that matchup for the Chase Young Bowl between them and the Skins last year. But things happen the way they are. Best to that
0: too. They grab chase Yeah, absolutely. When a guy like that falls in your lap, you have to take him. Now we move to three, and this is where you and I begin to differ a little bit. I have Detroit oh, yeah. staying at the pick. I have Detroit staying at three and taking Jeff Okuda, the DB out of Ohio State. They traded Darius Slay. Mel Kiper has been on ESPN saying Jeff Okuda is better than Darius Slay, and you know, so he he again another home run pick for Detroit and I know you, I know you differ here On how come
1: Um, well we have the, the one trade rule um, to break that down basically we just had one trade in the first round we each got and this is where I use mine Miami moves up here to three spots uh, Detroit gets a 26 and they obviously move down a couple spots right there um, but Miami goes against their guy they go to get Tua. they have to um, when healthy he's the best quarterback in this class no doubt best quarterback crossback in a while and healthy. I don't think the medical concerns um, should affect them here. I mean, missing debris and all that stuff that they've been trying to scramble with to still make up for. So I think they jump up here, Detroit um, falls back, and uh, they get two out of three.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you heard Jolan mention it. We do have a one trade rule because trades are so difficult to predict in the NFL draft. We agreed that we each get one trade per the first round and Jolan uses his there for Miami to scoop up to Detroit and uh take Tua so now that leaves the Giants at four now there is a lot of speculation about every offensive tackle in the book there is speculation about every prospect that could potentially be there I've even heard Derek Brown mentioned to the Giants every once in a while but I'm going to tell you right here and what I've told you if you've heard me on my radio show the classroom sports edition I have clamored for Isaiah Simmons for years he will be the first linebacker taken in the first round by the Giants since Carl Banks in 1984. He's the most versatile player in this draft, and he's a home-run prospect for the Giants because they need versatility and they need guys that can cover. They need to protect Daniel Jones, but even if they protect Daniel Jones, he's not scoring 100 points a game. And, that, you know, the Giants' defense was absolutely horrific last year. on what do you think?
1: I think... Um... Isaiah Simmons has to make the most sense for the pieces they sign. He's a three-down linebacker. They need a three-down linebacker. I feel like it's hilarious that you went back in the bank to the 1980s to grab that first-round reference. But he's just a piece that fits them right there. So, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Everything you said, Isaiah Simmons at four to NYG.
0: Absolutely. So now we go to five, and this is where we differ, only because you have the trade. You have Detroit coming back to five. I have Miami still at five, taking Tua. I think... The injury concerns plus the global pandemic of not allowing him to get into facilities will have him slide just to number five for Miami. And remember, last year there were all the headlines about Miami has to tank for Tua, tank for Tua, all this madness. I think they can sit here at five and still get him and keep their draft capital there in in the back of the first round. But you have Detroit picking, Jolan. So who, who do uh, you think they grab? I got Detroit
1: at 5 taking Jeff Bakuda Where you had him at 3 I think um, Just like I said 2 was too good of a prospect For them not to move up Jeff Bakuda Best secondary player In the strap um, Best player still available Here at 5 It fits what Detroit wants So I got Jeff Bakuda Going there
0: 100% Okay So now we move on To the LA Chargers And this is really interesting They lost Phillip Rivers In the offseason I think they take Justin Herbert The quarterback Out of Oregon He, You know Listen they're, they're two different states, you know, California and Washington, but they're relatively close, both being on the West Coast. It's going to be beautiful weather, and I think it's an offense he can thrive in. He can learn from Tyrod Taylor. He can eventually take over Tyrod Taylor. I think this is this is a great landing spot for Justin Herbert and a very, very comfortable one for him. What do you say about that?
1: Um, I agree they pick just, uh, Justin Herbert, but... I don't agree that necessarily that it's going to secure Tyrod Taylor's starting position off the gate. When you draft a first round prospect, you expect him to start. Even with Daniel Jones, they expect him to be benched the whole year, behind like an outro Eli Manning type of deal within two games he was playing already. Like, if they draft Justin Herbert here, it's going to be a lot of tension on Tyrod Taylor in that organization. And sometimes, you know, competitiveness is good, but I don't think that secures Tyrod Taylor as their number one guy.
0: Yeah, so they are
1: going to go Justin Herbert here, but I don't think Tyrod Taylor is sure to start over him or anything like that.
0: Absolutely, I mean I just put him there right now because he's really the only guy on the depth. Oh yeah,
1: hurt. he's the one right now, no doubt. But, but by week one, you never know.
0: But yes, there there is the sixth overall quarterback started within two games last year, um, and you can anticipate much more of the same. So now we move to seven and Carolina, very interesting team. A lot of off season changes. They changed the entire staff. Okay, GM. Hey, coach and everything, Uh, right here at 7, I have Carolina taking Derek Brown. He's the best available player um, in my eyes at at this spot, and he's a character guy. He's a guy that can build their culture around. Matt Rule always talks about culture, and and this is his landing spot. What do you think?
1: um, I agree, Derek Brown right there, like you said, best available. But with Matt Rule and that whole organization, I don't know where they actually go with this pick. Like you could say, Derek Brown's easily the best defensive lineman here right now because Chase Young's obviously up the board. Mm-hmm. But they just got rid of Cam Newland who was a former MVP. So they're, they're heads in a direction where I can't guess where they go, but I am going to agree with you at Derek Brown
0: right here. Yeah, I think they're looking ahead to next year. That that quarterback class of next year could be could be very very good. So I think they All might right? be they might be keeping their eyes there. Well, that that moves us down to eight in Arizona, a team with the. Reigning uh, offensive rookie of the year in Kyler Murray, and I think this is where they get him some offensive line help, which they desperately need. He can only run so much. I have them taking Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa. He's the first offensive tackle off the board, and I and I tell you, he's the first one off the board because I I, I read a piece last week that talked about how he fits their zone blocking scheme almost to a T. And listen, that's scheme and your situation are as a piece of your success in the NFL as anything. So I think Tristan Wirfs is the pick here at Arizona. Who you got?
1: Um, I got Andrew Thomas going there. Actually, I do have them. They just got the quarterback. They got DeHop, now weapon to replace Fitz and Kirk and the boys. Um, Kyle, uh, Kenyon Drake, I'm sorry, he's back there. They, they have weapons. They need to go offensive into line. But I got them taking Andrew Thomas. I personally think he's the best available. He's the best back on the strap, in my opinion. Um, so I think they pull
0: the trigger at the eight, and uh, Arizona goes lineman. Yeah, absolutely. So we we agree that they take Lyman but disagree on they, on they the name exactly.
1: Insurance
0: for the board. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's number, especially when Kyler Murray's on a rookie contract. So now we move down to nine in Jacksonville, another organization that the you don't know exactly where they're headed. There's no detailed plan. I have, they, and they have so many holes. I have them taking Javon Kinlaw, the D tackle, out of South Carolina. I listen. First of all, he's a stud, uh, you know. And again, to be behind Derek Brown is not a shade on him. Um, that, that's more of how great Derrick Brown is. But Javon Kinlaw, you know, they lose. They just traded away Calais Campbell, so now you get another big body there in the middle of that defense, um, and, and you can really start clogging up some run lanes, um, especially. You know they, they they gotta find something. They gotta find something on defense. So they
1: gotta find an identity to get back to that AFC title game. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They've been they've been a wreck ever since. Who who do you think Jacksonville takes here? So
1: I actually have um. See, I had Jedrick Willis Jr. here for the Jags just because. See, they're invested in Minshew, or just are said to stay. They're investing in Minshew, so I think it makes sense for them to take another insurance policy here, translating from the Kyler Murray thing. So at 9, I think Jedrick Willis uh, Jr. from Alabama, the offensive tackle, is going to uh, go to the Jag, And I think he's going to be a stud. I watched video on him, hand placement. There's just one Twitter, I think it was like NFL uh, Filmmaker or whatever. He's a stud. He is everything. He cut out the B. Nick Saban did a hell of a job. And uh, I think he ends up in Jacksonville.
0: Absolutely. It would definitely regionally make a lot of sense. So now we yeah. move down to 10 with the Cleveland Browns and, and a team that is... is you, you almost wonder why they're not winning more, and and we can talk about that. That's a whole separate. Buy epi- week every year that's, that's a whole episode of a of a podcast as to why they're not winning. But I think here this is this is where my trade is coming in. I have Atlanta from sixteen moving up to ten and taking CJ right. Henderson, the cornerback out of Florida. He's been linked to them uh, for these last couple of weeks. They have a history; three of the last four years, I believe. Uh, they've they've traded up. And I, and I expect them to do the same again. They want to be aggressive. They want to go get their guy. And I think C.J. Henderson's their guy. So,
1: um, I got to disagree with you. Um, well, obviously, we're going to disagree with Atlanta doing your trade here. But I have Cleveland staying there because of my uh, stipulations with three in Detroit. Um, I have the Browns again, third tackle in a row, Makai Beckton out of uh, Louisville, who was, um, I'm pretty sure it was Lamar Jackson's insurance policy at one point. I love using that. He should be running the ball should be they all got all the drama on the outside but they have receivers confident enough to carry them be. you got to get a guy running downhill looking tied back in with like a Nick Chubb and it is good night good night to the secondary good night to the linebacker this guy can move I think he fits well with them I think it's finally a solid pick for the Browns in the first round
0: yeah you mentioned that run game Nick Chubb finished second in the league last year in rushing only to Derrick Henry who had a run for I believe it was like 259 yards in the last game of the season uh to overtake him but yeah why that why that team doesn't focus on the run a little bit more is is completely beyond me but yes that absolutely. should be
1: their motor and if they don't recognize that by now they're going to be in people yeah. obj rumors obj rumors he's
0: out yeah uh, I like once again there are odell beckham jr rumors um i will tackle that actually later here uh, in the nothing first round, worse. nothing real. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, there's there's so much flying around here, but anyway, so I have I have Atlanta moving up to take C.J. Henderson. You have the Browns sticking there and taking Kai that. Becton. And now we move to the team that shares MetLife Stadium with the Giants, and that would be the New York Jets. This is very simple, ladies and gentlemen. They either take an offensive lineman or they take a wide receiver, and it, it is not very complicated. I have them. T- I have them. Taking uh, Jedrick Wills Jr. here, uh, I think, you know, obviously you've seen where I've taken offensive tackles, so I have him falling right into the Jets' lap, and you mentioned some of his film. Some of his film is absolutely terrific. And listen, you play at Alabama. You're playing against some of the best defensive linemen in the entire country on a weekly basis. So uh, there, there's a lot of trust in him, and, and you know, as, as much as it kills me to say, the Jets get a really good pick here. What do you think?
1: Um, I think at 11, you take Jedrick Willis. I haven't gone nine to the Jags, so that's already up. So the tackle is the main tackle that I have, is John. I think the, the Jets here pull the trigger. They get CD Lamb, wide receiver one. Um, I don't know you guys, CD Lamb is a hell of a ball player. He can get up, downfield, run short routes, break away, has breakaway speed. He's tall, color, at three. Um, he's a player that's going to be a good, good weapon for Sam Darnold, um, and he's going to be a good weapon for a long time if he stays healthy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and again, the just what I said in the preface is is they go they go one of two ways there. They either go offensive lineman or they go wide receiver. And next moves us to the team that's moving to Sin City and that is the Las Vegas Raiders and and they have two picks at 12 here and then at 19. So it's really interesting. I I have them taking Jerry Judy who you know, based on everything you hear is the top receiver in this class now again varying opinions obviously everywhere but he can come in and he can compliment the likes of Tyrell Williams, Hunter Renfro Zay Jones, Nelson Aguilar Um, he might even start over Nelson Aguilar uh, as the season continues on but I think they get a big play weapon for Derek Carr there with Jerry Judy at 12 what do you think?
1: Um, I got uh, some differential thinking here. I think um, it's weird seeing that Las Vegas, LV, right there. But <laughs> well, I think um, Green can weaponize anybody offensively, so I think he goes defensive here. I think he goes uh, Kevlon Chastain from uh, linebacker from LSU. I think they're still missing out from uh, losing Max. I think their 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 rush ability isn't as good as it needs to be. I think they uh, pull the trigger right here and get a an L- uh, linebacker from LSU. National traps.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely LSU. Uh, plenty to go around here. Okay, so we differ there. Now we get to 13, and the San Francisco 49ers, you might be wondering, didn't they just play in the Super Bowl? How do they have the 13th pick? Well, they got that in a trade for DeForest Buckner, which sent Buckner to Indianapolis, Indianapolis gives them the thirteenth pick in return and they lost Emmanuel Sanders this offseason. So you're a guy that went to the Jets, I'm taking CeeDee Lamb here. If I'm John Lynch, and I you know, you you have to social distance at this point, but if I'm John Lynch, Hi. I I run that card to Roger Goodell's house and his basement. I run that card with CeeDee Lamb uh, down to that basement because that that is a home run pick for them. He he's a home run hitter. Nobody can seem to tackle him and, and, and he's a terrific, terrific oh, athlete. That. You put him in that offense. Oh, so good luck.
1: All oh, of that and more. And I just have to say that San Francisco is one of the luckiest teams we've seen draft-wise the past couple of years. I'm pretty sure they fell to the two pick because their quarterback was hurt and Jimmy G. And when what they end up with, Nick Bosa, who's a perfect compliment for them. This year, they're like a real strong passing game away from the Super Bowl if they were airing it out like they should have been. They would have been a Super Bowl chance, make no mistake about themselves. So I think um, right here, you have to take Jerry Judy and giving Jimmy Garoppolo a weapon like Judy, we agree on the receiver, is exponentially good for this team. Going with Bosa, they had a full load of D linemen, they got the best player in Bosa. Now they get one of the best receivers in the class in Judy, and it's going to take this team from NFC champions to what I think the Super Bowl champions next year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen. You take Judy, you take Lamb, whoever's here, um I think it's a home run and and, and Kyle Shanahan's gotta be licking his chops uh at, at this at this draft class and these receivers that are available to him. But now we move down to a team you wanna talk about getting lucky. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers fell had the greatest quarterback of all time fall into their lap this off season. And this is where this is where I believe Andrew Thomas falls. I think they need to protect Tom Brady. Uh, you, you know, he's 42. I think he's going to be 43 this year. You need to you need to protect him at all costs, and I think they go with the big left tackle out of Georgia.
1: I think um, Iowa, the, the tackle at Iowa, Tristan Rips goes here. I already got the three tackles at 8, 9, and 10 going off. I think Tristan Rips is the best available be tackle right here. Um, Brady's going down there. I think it's he's getting old. Can't handle the winter 2 months anymore. Brady's going down there. They need a tackle. Here it is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Again, we just disagree on the name, but the position stays the same. So now yeah, we move I'm now we move down to the Denver Broncos. A team that's kinda you know, they they think they may have found their franchise guy, in Drew Locke. I think this will be his first year really starting regularly. Uh so we'll get a really good chance to see him. I think they go defense here and they go Christian Fulton, the quarter uh, the cornerback out of LSU. Uh they lost Chris Harris this offseason. And and they need I believe they got AJ Bouye, um, but pairing him with Christian Fulton would be a terrific tandem right out of the gate.
1: Um, I think this is where uh, CJ Henderson falls to actually. I agree okay. with cornerback, I agree and everything we said. But um, you had CJ Henderson going way up to Atlanta at ten, I think it was. Yes. I think this is where C J Henderson goes.
0: Yeah, so th- this is actually the spot I had CJ Henderson. You know, before everything came out about the Falcons and and their ties and trying to trade up, uh, you know, C.J. Henderson was in my original mock draft going to go to the Broncos, but here they get Christian Falcons. Falcons. I have the Falcons trading up to number 10 with the Cleveland Browns and taking C.J. Henderson, a corner from Florida that they really like. So now the Cleveland Browns are picking at 16 in my mock draft. I have the Browns taking Makai Becton I think you need to protect uh, Baker Mayfield at all costs. I think you mentioned it before. He can really, really, really help that run game, and and it, you know you get you get Jack Conklin on the right side in free agency. Now you put Makai Becton on the left side, and boy, Baker Mayfield's going to feel a lot safer back there.
1: So we both have Makai Becton going to Cleveland. We just got different spots because of Atlanta's tendency to trade up. Yes. So I actually have um Atlanta staying here. Obviously, I think that they, they have to get defensive help. Then they go Jabbing Kinlaw um out of uh SC. Tackle. I think they need help everywhere on defense. That defense last year was not that good. Towards um, the back end, there were a little better. I mean, you wrong, but I think uh, this is a right here for him. Um, I think Kim Law is a good
0: fit for Atlanta. Yeah, you know the the interesting part about Atlanta is all the injuries they faced last year. Deion Jones got hurt. Uh, Keanu Neal was hurt again, I believe. Um, so they really fell apart there. You're absolutely right. They need defensive help um, as much as they can get. Now we move to Dallas, another team that. Uh, I'm not particular. I don't particularly like um, you know but I think I think they get a steal here and they get uh, Clavon Chasian out of LSU the edge rusher you know I I have him falling here to Dallas and I think Dallas needs all the pass rush they can get okay they lost Robert Quinn and uh, you know I I think I think they need him and he could be a huge addition to their team
1: that would be uh, our luck as Giants fans to just have that happen up. That would be terrible, of terrible, course. terrible if uh, the Cowboys end up with him. I actually have them getting a D-end here. That they're sticking with defense. Um, I have uh, Chassie going way up at 12. I don't think he fell this far. I have them going for Grosun Teos, uh, D-end out of Penn State. I think he's a little bit of a reach, but I think Dallas is in a comfortable enough position where they can reach for guys with good upside. Yeah, that makes sense. They have a bunch of talent everywhere around them. They need just need to put the pieces together with coaching, honestly. That's their biggest problem. So I think they reach a little bit here, they go to the end of the defense some materials. I
0: think it's actually a good fit for them. Yeah, you know, they always they they always seem this way. I mean their linebackers are absolutely terrific. And again, they need defensive help. They they in no way need to look at a receiver here, um, or anything else. In my opinion, um, I think their offense is pretty set. So now we move to the team that made the most noise in the offseason. And this is this is Miami. Miami, this is the second of three first round picks that they have. And I have them taking Henry Ruggs the third, the receiver out of Alabama. Now, there was a statistic I read online that said twenty five percent of his catches went for touchdowns last year. And listen, I don't know how accurate that is, but you know, I think home run hitter doesn't do that enough justice, okay? He he is a terrific football player, and he can take the top off a, a defense. So I think he falls to Miami here, and he falls right in their lap.
1: Um, I, I got a comment about Miami, because I also have them taking the exact same player, Henry Ruggs, um, receiver. That guy is crazy about the touchdowns, but thing I like most about Miami is they were a team that was pitiful last year, but with great coaching, they won a couple games. So I think they stay heavy, um, on offense here. I think mean, they go with Henry And I think mean, they get a real playmaker here. I'm not counting the
0: Dolphins out. I do not think they win less than six games next year. Yeah, listen. Dolphins are on the ride. Okay. They they did some great things with their defenses. I love
1: Flores. He, I love Flores.
0: He's a man. Flores is a Bill Belichick disciple. Um and he, he you know, listen, he he is uh he's seemed to be one of the good ones and what they did with that defense in the offseason reminds me so much of the 2016 Giants it's not even funny so they need they need receiver here um, and uh, you know as we move on to another team that has multiple picks in the first round and that's the Las Vegas Raiders we're all going to get, we're all gonna need time to to get used to saying Las Vegas all the time i have them taking patrick queen the linebacker out of lsu here I think he's a really physical football player. The national champs get another guy off the board in the first round, and and listen, you you come from LSU and you're a linebacker. They just they hit you hard. Quan Alexander, Devin White, just to name a few. As of late, I think this is the landing spot. He's going to fit the toughness that John Gruden wants in his linebackers, and you pour, you pair him next to Corey Littleton, and that's a that's a that's a pretty good combination if you're a Raider fan.
1: Um. I actually got the Las Vegas Raiders that is good play. (laughs) I'm going with Kenneth Murray, inside linebacker. I think, again, defensive help is what they need. I think Derek Carr is more than competent enough to get that offense to the playoffs, but they have great defense players. And I think right now they're building culture over there. Gruden is a culture guy all Mm -hmm. about it. He acts as another guy, too. So I think he's going to scheme something up and have them taking Kenneth Murray inside linebacker.
0: Yeah. Again, you know, same position, just a different name. Now move on to another team that has multiple picks in the first round and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars and this you mentioned them buying into Gardner Minshew I think they take Jordan Love here the quarterback with I think the second best uh, most upside in this draft behind Tua based on his potential and his skill set now he played at Utah State so it's different competition we see what Josh Allen has done with that a little bit here in the NFL but if this if this man could ever put it together. Jordan Love is going to be, he has the skill set to be something special, and I think Jacksonville takes him here, and he can learn from Minshew, he can take over from Minshew, you know, there's a lot of different scenarios here.
1: I mean, it's a, it's a reach pick, I think, picking um, Love, but like you said, his ceiling is crazy high. If he's in the right scenario, he could be the best quarterback and best player in this draft class, make no mistake about it, but he could also bottom out. I think Jacksonville here is a defensive side that addressed the offensive side of the ball, pick nine, I think they addressed the defense side and get Grant Delpit, who's feeling like loves, is through the roof. LSU champion safety. Um, I think Grant Delpit falls to Jacksonville here, which is late, but just on need and want of other teams, he, he falls here perfectly.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I could I could definitely see that. And Delpit's been a guy that was talked about being a top ten player uh, you know, when when the season first ended. Um, he's kind of slid here on a lot of people's boards. So now we move from Jacksonville to Philadelphia at 21. I think they take Justin Jefferson. And again, it hurts me to say that because I think it's going to be a terrific pick for them. I think they need weapons everywhere. You saw what happened last year. They got completely decimated and they lost Nelson Aguilar. They cut Alshon Jeffrey. So I think this is a perfect spot for them to grab another national champion, Justin Jefferson.
1: Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because we agree 100%. Um, Receiver, Billy, Lord knows when he needs some help, somebody can catch the ball. Jefferson, National Championship, played in the big game, can do it in the big game. Perfect spot for Billy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So now we move on to Minnesota. I have the first safety coming off the board here in Xavier McKinney out of Alabama. Uh, That's why I was kind of chuckling over here when you said Grant Delpit at 20. More polish.
1: More polish. I think Delpit seems higher, but... Yeah,
0: Xavier McKinney is ranked as the first safety in this class, and I think the interesting thing about Minnesota is their current safety, Anthony Harris, who was terrific, and he just got franchise tagged, and you know he's staring at eleven point four million dollars this year. They're looking to trade him, so I think you know you gotta you gotta replace you know what you could potentially lose. So I think this is the perfect spot for Xavier McKinney. I think
1: he's on his way out, Um, just a free agency. So I think this is where uh, LSU cornerback goes. A ton of LSU players going the first round, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Christian Fulton ends up on the Vikings. They got the secondary issue.
0: Well, when you win a national championship, that's usually usually what happens. Yeah, 100%, 100%.
1: 100.
0: But point. you you mentioned Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes is in Indianapolis currently. He did sign a free agent contract with them. So
1: Indianapolis has been busy this yes. offseason. They've been busy last offseason. One of the best
0: offseason football. Yeah, yeah. Potentially look for them to trade back in. We we none of us have any more trades. But I'm just saying, everybody keep that in the back of your mind. Now, we move to 23 with the New England Patriots. This seems like the highest draft pick they've had in, you know, eight years, it seems like. A decade, at least. Yeah, there's been a lot of people talking about Jordan Love potentially falling here. This is where I have Kenneth Murray going, and you want to talk about a, a – a, a listen, Dante Hightower is not getting any younger, okay? Let's just be completely honest about that. Kenneth Murray is a stud and could be a leader on that team moving forward here, and that, you know, Bill Belichick loves those kind of guys. He's a high-character guy. You know, he's a terrific, terrific football player. I think this is where Kenneth Murray lands, and I think it, he couldn't get into a better situation.
1: Um, I have Kenneth Murray going to Las Vegas for all the same reasons. Like, we said culture, he could be a leader, all those things. But this is where I have Jordan Love going. I think Bill Belichick is a guy that could turn any quarterback into a good quarterback based on their system. Tom Brady benefited from the system for multiple years at the end of his career. Don't me wrong, he falls the most But towards the back end, he was carried by that system. I think if um love here in perfect situation, like I said, can
0: be the best player in the draft. We move on to the New Orleans Saints who have had the worst run of playoff losses that I can ever remember in NFL history. Here I think they go here I think they go Antoine Winfield Jr., the safety Out of Minnesota, he's the most versatile safety in this draft. There's a debate between him and McKinney, but he's more versatile because he can play slot corner a little bit more. And here's the other fun fact about him. His dad played in the NFL and was selected in the first round. If selected in the first round, uh, Anton Jr. and Sr. will be the first pair of father and son to be selected in the first round of the NFL draft in the history of the NFL. So there, there's a little fun fact for you. But I think he lands in New Orleans, pair him with Malcolm Jenkins, and, and it, you, you know you can't imagine a better scenario. That's,
1: that's something good to hold on your shoulder. It's not something you don't want to be tough up. But uh, I was 24 right here in New Orleans. I have them addressing the defensive side of the ball. I think um, they go with the D-end rusher, uh, A.J. Espinosa. I'm, I'm pretty sure I pronounced that right. Um, I think the Saints need to address defense. Their offense last year was loaded and they were in shootouts. That cannot happen anymore. Drew Brees is getting older. He's not getting any younger. The, the window to win, if not closed, is closing rapidly. I think they got two years max left. I think
0: they need to get the defensive side of the ball fixed. Yeah, 100%. I mean, their offense, you have Drew Brees as your quarterback. You have Taysom Hill as the wild card. Their offensive line is good. Michael Thomas is, you know, a top three receiver in the league. And then, you know, you add Emmanuel Sanders to that offense. Yeah, you have to go defense here if you're New Orleans. So, now we move to, to 25 in Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota gets a pick again. And this is where I see T. Higgins, the, quarterback, the wide receiver, excuse me, out of Clemson, going they lost Stefan Diggs. They're not going to get Odell. Uh, the, those reports were false uh, that came out, and and so I think they addressed the wide receiver and T Higgins at this moment in the draft at pick twenty five is the best receiver and best option for them. Um,
1: Stefan Diggs with T Higgins, um, but people are talking Nims here. I don't think Nims is better than um, T at all, at all. I think the Vikings pick the most at short kick here and the secure receiver and F. T Higgins.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So now we move to Miami, and if you're getting tired of Miami, this is their last pick in the first round. I completely promise uh, everybody. Well, so I have them. They signed Jordan Howard. I have them going offense again. Um, I think it's very easy to see offensive line here. Um, But I would go DeAndre Swift if I was Miami, Uh, a shifty running back, a little bit different than Jordan Howard. And it gives you that one-two punch. And one-two punches in the NFL, they don't need to be superstars. You see Brandon Jacobs and Ahmad Bradshaw carry a Giants run game to a Super Bowl. Okay, you don't need these fancy-dancy guys. But I think DeAndre Swift is the most talented running back in this draft. He is the shiftiest running back in this draft. And I think he's the first one off the board to pick 26. Um,
1: So 26 year, going back to my draft rule, I had Detroit here. I traded with Miami early on in the draft to uh, Pacua. Um, Detroit fell to five, and they got picked 26 as Tom. I have them going with uh, Patrick Green here, another LSU guy on the defensive side of the ball. He's a linebacker. I think his ceiling is super high. There were reports coming out recently that his um, ceiling is super high. And I think it's just a 6-0 pick for Detroit here. the defensive side of the ball. Maybe, maybe, maybe they could get something special going on there in Detroit. Not Patricia. I like good stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, if it if it is if it does turn out to be Detroit, that that is a really good pick for them and if he falls to 26, it's even it's even that much better. So, now we move on to the Great Northwest and the Seattle Seahawks with the 27th overall pick. I have them taking Joshua Jones, the offensive lineman out of Houston. I think he's the next best the next best offensive lineman after our our top 4 there that we had go earlier and I think the Seahawks Listen, we've seen them put draft capital in the first round into running backs, okay? And they've needed offensive line for the longest time. I think you, pu- I think you put draft capital and your first-round pick in the 2020 draft into Josh Jones, the offensive lineman out of Houston.
1: I have Seattle going defense side of the ball here. I think they're going to Xavier McKinney, safety at Alabama. And uh, the sole purpose is they've got to reestablish an identity. That team is it's so Russell Wilson-centered, it's ridiculous. So when they went to the Super Bowls. And uh, won the Super Bowl. They had the secondary was ridiculous. I mean they get back on track with that plan by working on the defense side of the ball. But you're right, tackle is needed. Tackle is needed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And now we move to the Baltimore Ravens, who, you know, were just absolutely terrific. Lamar Jackson explodes onto the screen last year, and you know they 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 get Calais Campbell. Matt Judon comes back. They franchise him, I believe you know they they seem fine so you're almost like where do they go here i have them taking jonathan taylor uh to to go alongside mark ingram and and they have enough finesse on their team i think they go taylor here as a really ground and pound running back listen jonathan taylor could be and some would argue he should be the top running back taken in this draft. I think he's the second, but I think he falls to Baltimore. Again, a terrific situation. He doesn't have to take all the carries. You know, the biggest thing is he's had so many carries in college that people wonder that he's tired out as he gets to the NFL. Well, if you go to a team like Baltimore, you don't have to take all the carries. So I think that that's a really, really important thing uh, for him. And, and, you know, you could be instant success. They could go to the Super Bowl next year uh, for all you know. So I think Jonathan Taylor here fits perfectly.
1: I think, um, the Baltimore Ravens here uh, address the center need. I think Tyler Bydad from uh, Wisconsin is the best center available. I think uh, Marshall Yonda leaving that front line is really, really crucial for them. He was a great player, Hall of Fame in a doubt. And I think they address the center need right here. Lamar Jackson needs somebody to be able to move. This guy is it. This guy is
0: it. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a name that's been connected to the Giants in the second round, so that would be kind of upsetting if he went here. Uh, this early So now we move on to Tennessee The biggest surprise in the playoffs last year uh, They they got hot there with Derrick Henry And Ryan Tannehill They paid Ryan Tannehill They franchised Derrick Henry And now what do they do in the draft? Well, I think they take Austin Jackson The offensive lineman out of USC They lose Jack Conklin to Cleveland And listen, Ryan Tannehill You know, he's an athlete But he is no Patrick Mahomes And he is no Lamar Jackson So you need to protect him in my eyes, they have Taylor one on the left side. I think you bring Austin Jackson in, the offensive lineman out of USC, to play that right side of the offensive line. And you go from there, you you take another run at it.
1: Um, I have a tackle going here too. Again, Brian Tannehill took out his money. He's secured in there. Deep playoff run last year. I'm deep on a couple games. Um, I've been thinking John Jones uh, out of Houston. You had him. I think going a couple picks before his, uh, right here. But best tackle available at the be out of Houston.
0: Yeah, I, I had him at twenty seven, and and you have him going at twenty nine, so we're we're not we're not too far off there, all right. And now at pick thirty we go to Cheesehead Land, uh, over there in Green Bay. This is where you mentioned his name before. I have Denzel Mims, uh, the wide receiver out of Baylor, falling here. The biggest question, according to what I what I've read, is his drop issue his junior year at Baylor and. The reports have come out that he played that season with a broken hand and if true those those drop concerns need to be completely erased because they're absolutely ridiculous but i think i think they take denzel mims here they get more weapons for aaron Rodgers. another team that may have three four years left in their championship window you gotta go get weapons outside of Devontae adams and and you gotta take a run at it
1: the head with weapons outside of Devontae Adams because I was a Devontae Adams fan the of last year and I reaped the benefits <laughs> and Rogers looks one way so I agree to take a receiver here Benzo Mims because this receiver class is so deep. Uh, he does follow the first round. Usually six receivers or five receivers or whatever we have here going don't do that but to the need, necessity, Green Bay ends up getting a decent receiver in Mims.
0: Yeah, now we now we head to the Super Bowl runner-up and the Super Bowl champion. Again, we, we, best draft team ever. Yeah, the 49ers are here at pick 31. I have them taking Jeff Gladney, a cornerback at a TCU. He's a smaller corner, but he's super athletic, and he can play the slot. And again, the more corners you can have in the NFL, the better, because you look at the Chiefs, and they can go 3-4. You know even five wide receivers so you have to be able to match up and i think they need to listen richard sherman is still a terrific player but he's not getting any younger let's just be completely honest about it so i think you need to find more guys that can fit i think he fits the system and again they just get another terrific player here at the end of the first round
1: yeah i think i think um sam goes is the secondary guy here I actually have been taking agent to Clemson, um who's actually been on the downside i think with all this stuff happening um, draft process, but he had enough tape out there to show that he's a legit player. And if San Fran picks twice in the first round, they comes coming off the Super Bowl run. They could risk a pick here with a high upside, low lower kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They can pick a guy and he could be a total bust and it will not affect them whatsoever. So I think A.J. Terrell ends up in
0: uh, San Francisco. A.J. Terrell is a really interesting guy because he is the guy that got toasted in the National Championship game and whether you want to <laughs> argue right, wrong, or indifference recency bias and you know without much without him getting into buildings that's that's a lot of people's last memory of him so uh that's pretty tough for him and now we move to the champions of the world champions of the NFL I'm going to tell you this right now I have them taking gross uh a Mateos out of Penn State the, the the D lineman um because I think eventually Frank Clark's contract's going to run out he's going to ask for too much and they're going to have to move on. So I think they develop another another piece. And, and his potential is just so high that he can slide in there and cost them a lot less when Frank Clark's contract is up. What I will tell you is, is that if any of those running backs, DeAndre Swift or Jonathan Taylor, do slide, not as I predicted, but if they do slide, I think Kansas City could pick up a guy here. I know they just won the Super Bowl with Damian Williams, but... You know, it never hurts to have to have some running backs because, again, there's not a lot of holes on that team. That's
1: a, that's a perfect segue into my pick at 32 right here. I got a DeAndre Swift going off the board to Kansas City. I think, yeah, William Compton. But I remember that Kareem Hunt type of factor they had to that offense where it was super explosive and nobody was stopping them at all. it, yeah. it again, but with no running back, really.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Now running back balls to then, Swift, KC, going to be a deep run next year. and They're going to win multiple Super Bowls in the next decade.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, if DeAndre Swift falls and, and I'm completely wrong here and he slides to thirty two, I don't I don't another case it might where be John th- Taylor. An, another thing where I think they just run the card up to uh Roger Goodell. Uh just absolutely. So that's our picks one through thirty two. I have the Chiefs ending with Yitter Gross Matos from Penn State and Jolan has the Chiefs taking a running back, and now we want to transition into our final segment called the two-minute reel. Now, Joe, on for you and for everybody at home, the way this is going to work, there's going to be two minutes on the clock. You are going to give the people the best pick in this draft and the worst pick in this draft. Now, you are subject to two minutes only, and once that two minutes is up, whatever opinions are out there are out there. So are you ready? I'm
1: ready. Mine's going to be a little cliche, but I'm ready for
0: this. All right. you. Your time starts... Now,
1: so I think the best pick here is gonna be Chase Young. I think Chase Young is skyrocket through the roof, huge ceiling, no real floor because it's not gonna be bad, no chance it's gonna be bad. I think whoever ends up with him is gonna be one happy shopper. The worst pick and this is it's gonna surprise a lot of people. I think it's gonna be the first overall pick in Joe Burrow. I really do. I think. The perfect wave hit Joe Burrow last year. Mm-hmm. It cultivated everything he's been working for, and I think all that magic's going to run out. Bengals are a terrible run organization. They're a bad franchise. You can't overlook at. They're not a winning team. You can't overlook that, and they're not even taking the best player available in the draft. Yeah, so I don't know. I think Joe Burrow is going to be a flop, a big flop
0: at that. Yeah, absolutely. So that wraps up the first episode of the Air It Out podcast. And we hope you enjoyed it. But what is to come, and, and Jolan and I have discussed this, is Thursday, April 23rd, for the NFL Draft, we will be on Instagram Live, live reacting to every pick, giving you some analysis, talking you through yeah, the I'm entire draft. I, Joelon, I know I'm excited for it. Are you? I'm super excited. I
1: really want to know what the Giants are going to do. I really hope we get Isaiah Simmons, but I also not, would not be upset with the tackle.
0: Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an absolutely intriguing experience. And then our second episode of Air It Out will be a a draft recap, especially the first round, and we'll talk about some winners and losers. So that's that's all the time we have here on Air It Out. This is our first episode, Jolan. I would have to say, man, given the circumstances, listen, you're on speakerphone, my friend. So you know we're trying to figure these things out on the fly. I think it went pretty well uh, for us, and I hope everybody else. At home enjoyed it, and I hope you all enjoy the NFL Draft because right now it's currently the only sporting event we have uh, live. Uh, um, the only sporting event we'll have adamant. live. It,
1: it went well because our chemistry. You can't keep that. You can't teach that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and as always, you can follow us on our <laughs> social medias. Until next time, everybody, we'll see you later. Peace.